Welcome to Better Cast Saul, the officially unofficial podcast for Better Call Saul on AMC. I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. And we just got done watching season four, episode six, titled Pinata. Uh what do you think of this episode, Aaron? I thought it was an interesting episode of Better Call Saul. <laughs> wow. What, what did you think? That that sounds as awkward as the guy on the phone with Jimmy <laughs> at the cell phone store did. Yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know what to think. Like there was a lot of um like, like it was interesting seeing Jim, Jimmy, and Kim like f- dangerously flirt with honesty and intimacy, uh, and then Jimmy can't commit towards the end. Uh, it's interesting to see Jimmy take a more criminal side, you know, like like an overtly uh, threatening, you know, with her old buddy Huel. We saw that coming. Yeah. Uh, as soon yep. as he started taking off running, I'm like, oh, wouldn't it be fun? I, I thought it'd be funny if he just just came out of an alley like <laughs> the, the blob from the X Men style. <laughs> and, but right. Huel's half the man he used to be, though. He is. I don't know if he could pull that off anymore. Right. I don't. I don't think he'd be the the human wall. Which, good um, for him. Good for him. There's like trouble brewing with the uh, the German excavation project. Oh, that, I thought you were going to say HHM because there's trouble all around. Well, there's trouble brewing with with that Kai fella. Oh, yeah. I, I said during he's the episode, trouble. either he's fired this episode or he's dead in four. Yeah. Like, there's Ooh. no way this guy survives. Interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because like what, what are you going to do? You can't fire him. He's going to no. be an asshole. He's not going to do his work. You can't fire him. You got to kill him. What do you think of the popular theory that Gus is going to ventilate all these gentlemen at the end of it? Like the, the pharaohs <laughs> of old. Like, once you complete the uh, project, you'll be strangled and thrown into the lower pits. I just, I don't see even an underground criminal society that can function that way. I just don't see it. Well, I mean, how many super labs is Gus going to build? Like, if word gets out, don't build Gus a super lab, then... Yeah, but if word gets out, don't build a super lab for any criminal because they'll all kill you. Mm. Like, it, then no one would ever build super labs and no criminals would have super labs. I don't know. I don't know. It doesn't. It doesn't seem like a prudent strategy on the meta level yeah but, but that's the thing knows? like if you really get to the weeds with criminal enterprise it's kind of all like it doesn't really make sense right like, this thing know. about the the opportunistic right uh, it's whatever inevitable. it was mountain cat yeah 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 uh it might just apply to gus i don't know right yeah it's interesting because like that's another thing like that's a really juicy monologue to give to gus but it fundamentally changes his character like i was open like i said last week uh, we were talking about in the feedback section about, you know, like, what if Gus, you know, like, they didn't shoot Max or whatever it was, or I forget what exactly the, the hypothetical was in her feedback. And I said, I don't know that Gus was ever a good dude. Like, if he's got ties to the Pinochet regime, regime, a guy who's notorious for throwing uh, communists out of helicopters alive, uh, like, some bad, bad shit happened. Uh, now we find out he's kind of a psychopath, a sociopath from like the age of seven, like like <laughs> torturing small animals, and I get it. This animal yeah. pissed him off. It ate, had had ate ate all his precious the, fruit. The, and... the uh, you know, the Argentinian fruit sucker. Uh huh. I, I what what I I've never heard. Of, it sounded like a bobcat. You I... described it like a bobcat, or maybe it's a monkey. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's some it sounded like some kind of mountain cat to me. Yeah, but he kept it and, tor- and, and, cor- and tortured it alive like he's going to do to Don Hector. Uh, yeah. Gus is a scary dude. And so I'm saying I was open that, right? right? Last Well, last mm-hmm. week I'm saying, like, I'm open to this guy being a bad dude. Hearing that, I don't know how, I, I, like, actually seeing it on screen, I'm like, I don't know how this is sitting with me. How did it sit with you? <laughs> okay. Uh, I guess I hadn't thought about it yet. Hmm. 
Gus is like a dyed in wool psychopath. I mean, there there is a psychopath. Yeah, I mean, sociopath. Is, maybe there's there's a lot of of apathy in there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, I guess I always viewed him just as a guy who was bad. Because... I thought you were weirdly pronouncing. Uh, no, no, yeah, no, apathy like, for a while, but no, no psychopathy yeah, yeah. and and sociopathy. sociopathy, yeah, all of it. Uh, I guess I always thought Gus was just a guy who who realized he could make a hell of a lot more money selling drugs than he could chicken. Mm. But yeah, this puts but that puts him in a new light. You're right mm-hmm, mm-hmm. for sure. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it was an interesting episode. And I thought a very well delivered dialogue. It the as I'm listening to it, I'm like, man, this dialogue could sound real bad and it was, in, in another actor's hands. And for me, it was teetering on that edge a little more but, than but I But Giancarlo kept it. He kept it right yeah, where it needed to be, I yeah, thought. Yeah, yeah, If I was the East German judge, I'd penalize him a few points here and there. I thought he stepped over the line a couple of times. He ah. might have had to wobble his arms to keep balance on that, that, that edge. But yeah, I, I agree. I, I mostly agree he pulled it off. Okay. Uh, what was the other? I thought, I thought a really good scene was Mike and Stacy. Huh, like that okay. is uh, as emotional as Mike is going to get, and as apologetic as he's going to get. Mm-hmm. And I thought that sta- that the actor playing Stacy did a really good job of like reckon, like all that stuff registered and 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 came across in the performance. Yeah, and I really like that. And then obviously, I think in my mind, the standout scene is the pinata scene, mm. which I, I mean, it's. It's so fucking intimidating. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's because uh, you hear him like set this up like, oh, in a pinata store. Or I forget what the, what the exact dialogue was. Yeah. I'm like pinata, what the hell? And the thing's called pinata, and here mm-hmm. comes Huel rampaging through a pinata store. Yeah, I guess. I mean, it was effective. Yeah, and and then you know the, the whole thing, top to bottom, was a ruse, and I I knew it was like from the jump, but that didn't make it any less satisfying to watch. That's the thing with Jimmy. I know there's always some other plan in motion. Yeah, so I guess. You know, I was decrying last week the 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 idea of him, you know, shutting down the legitimate side of the scam. He's not. I, I guess what he did is he doesn't want to draw any, any attention to it. He's essentially mm-hmm. like going full underground with this. Yeah, and I thought that was kind of um, I don't know, kind of sweet and kind of sad when when him and Kim were at the ho- the scamming hotel mm-hmm. and kind of celebrating Kim's essentially getting i mean it sounds like the way kim's pitching it is she's going to just bring the business be it paid as a partner but have all of her associates do all the work and she just does public defender work the whole time seemingly now i'm not sure how that works when you're building a branch yeah of and, law and, and this thing. all like was launched by she sees jimmy you know doing the kind of like you know wexler mcgill wexler mcgill wexler mcgill yeah uh and she's like i don't i don't want any part of this yeah i think this is a dual fold plan by kim it's both to take off of her plate the the mesa banking law yeah. That yeah. she doesn't really want to do and then also use it as a wedge to drive apart this Wexler and McGill dream that Jimmy has. Why do you think she wants out of that? Do you think it's before? Do you, do you think it's because I think it's like, cause she's got some kind of sixth sense that something is off here. Yeah. I just like his late night stuff and the things mm-hmm. just like it. There's a little couple of like last, last episode, there was a, a couple of back and forths where, I felt like she was kind of like maybe not believing Jimmy, but like, what are you going to do? Accuse you're going to look like you're crazy, and right, the guy's going no through a lot. And, and, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know because this episode really frames it as Kim just doesn't want to do this job anymore. 
Yeah. Like Kim really wants to do the PD stuff. And uh, why couldn't she do I, that I guess, Jimmy though? She could. I, I mean, I don't know if I, if I'm coming at it from that angle, I'm saying, okay, maybe she doesn't want to push Jimmy toward that. Right. Cause he kind of makes this thing where mm. it's like, Oh, well, I was thinking about getting into criminal law too. Right. And she could tell be, that was not, not the, the further thing on his mind. Right. But, I think it's both. I think she senses something is up with Jimmy, but I think more importantly, as the episode is trying to tell us, she just really doesn't want to do this banking job anymore. Yeah. And that might be another key why she couldn't just, you know, sell that like like Jimmy did, sell the whole case, Sandpiper case, to another law firm because she has a special relationship with Paige and Kevin, mm-hmm. and she sold them this bill of goods. If she's not the still the like you know lead name on the case, they might be like, fuck this, we're out, we're going to go somewhere else. I guess my question is, why doesn't she go to Howard with that? Because HH&M's on her last, this last legs. And I think she's genuinely furious with, with HH&M mm-hmm. from top to bottom. And also, uh, I wonder I wonder how much longer Howard can... Because can, he's like, the firm's reputation is not what it is. Because Chuck's gone, yeah. Well, but this is going to compound, right? Like, yeah. this right-sizing, downsizing bullshit, is that's going to get out in the community, and it's going to get a lot worse before it gets better, it seems like. Yeah. Uh, Jimmy's uh, probate uh, case over the Alpine Shepherd Boy coming back. Uh, That's not going to pay the bills. No, but for I'm, do you think he'll? Do you think he'll, the, somehow the Alpine Shepherd Boy will come back into play? Because it has changed I, hands, and Jimmy knows mm-hmm. enough about that guy that I absolutely think like that would be a great. Stinger for the end of this season, mm-hmm. like Jimmy hiring a guy like because he's still got this emotional connection to this woman. You could tell, right, right. Like yeah. that would really show him. That'd be like Anakin sla- uh, slaughtering the younglings, right? Like that would be the moment where you just know Jimmy is oh. fucking gone if he's oh. if he's stealing the Alpine Shepherd boy from this woman's grandson who graduated from college, whatever. Yeah, but he's already through college. He doesn't need the money, and he doesn't have any emotional attachment to <laughs> oh the kid. Oh my god, I think we got yeah. slipping Jimmy right here, yeah, slipping I Jimmy Jones. It. <laughs> I could see it. Hide your grandmas. Hide your Hummel figurines. Uh, I do have to say one of the standout scenes in the episode was also that first scene with Kim and Jimmy in the mailroom, the flashback. Yeah. I really liked that. I thought it showed... Stood it, out it, for being 15 minutes long. <laughs> it was a very long cold open, but yeah. also it showed us kind of the respect that Kim did have for Chuck, you know? Like, that was always a question in our mind. Like, how much respect did she have for him? And it seems like when she was coming up, he was essentially her idol. Yeah. He was Atticus Finch, but for weird stuff, like not for racial justice, for just, just like for recovery, yeah, for, for recovering shares out of a probate right will gone wrong. I mean, to be uh, fair, that guy got fucked. Yeah, yeah, for sure. it sounds like it. it sounds like yeah. they tried. It sounds like there's some deliberate fucking going on. <laughs> Absolutely, but I like that um, because a it shows how much Kimmy, you know, idolized Chuck, and also Jimmy felt so embarrassed that you know he didn't know the law. He he was not as educated as the rest of them. Uh, and he felt very out of place in that world. Yeah. I just had a feeling like if you ever died, I'll try to screw your in- antecedents by f- forming a company called Bold Mauve <laughs> and putting all <laughs> the IP and money. <laughs> no, it's just totally separate. You got you have shares in a worthless company called Bold Move. Right. I don't know. I don't know what you're how, you're trying to get your tentacles on Bold Mauve. Uh-uh. Uh-uh. It's not happening. I'll have to hire Chuck. Better call Chuck. <laughs> no, hashtag fuck Chuck. Remember that. Uh, yeah, I, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. I wonder how much longer they're going to try to play the, like, uh, I, I wonder if in retrospect, this scene at the restaurant will be the last kind of, the first half of that meeting will be the last kind of cute, happy thing we see 
Kim. Because I think Jimmy had the idea the way he comes bouncing up to there and he fucking put his Nissan was is it a Sentra or some some his, his shitty car in yeah uh, had the valet parking. I thought he thought that they're going to run a heist. I did too. Like yeah. it's going to be oh man, Kim's meet me halfway and no, mm-hmm. in fact she's there to break your break your dreams, buddy. And with with a mule in hand. Yeah, I wonder if this you're going to look back and think this was the last kind of semi. Because it's it's gonna go bad places from here. Yeah, I'm I'm thinking like one of the possible places it goes. Speculation. Here mm. we go. No evidence. Uh, a little bit of evidence. There's history for this. So, uh, one way for this to you know, for Wexler and McGill to get the band back together would be if she couldn't get this job, uh, or if she got the job and things went south and she was looking once again for a job. And Jimmy has sabotaged her in the past, you know, yeah. not intentionally, but he has done it. Uh, I oh, wonder if this Jesus. could be another scenario and the final straw. Where he intentionally sabotages yeah. to try to get the public defender, them, the, the Wexler McGill. Yeah, to get her out of Schweiker and Coakley oh, and back to Wexler McGill. That could do it. That could be ah, the final geez. straw. Hot ah, cheese. <laughs> it's speculation, but it's, it's uh, fun. It's got my Fargo reaction. Hot ah, cheese. Uh, mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, what else do we want to talk about? I don't know. Uh, how about that scene where Jimmy tells Howard that he's a shitty lawyer? Yeah, Jimmy's just having a real good time torturing poor Howard this season. Yeah. And, like, Howard... I, and an unbelieved fuck you from AMC. They're finally... <laughs> That's right. Finally starting to get the memo. Yeah. Uh, it did feel like Jimmy was giving Howard a dose of what he's telling himself. Yeah. In some ways, like, you know, I'm a shitty lawyer... But I'm an excellent salesman, so fuck being a lawyer. I'm going to go out and sell. Yeah, I I don't know. Do you agree with? Do you agree with Jimmy's assessment of Howard? I don't know. I've never seen Howard do right. any law whatsoever. It's like I've seen him do kind of menial documentary mm-hmm. kind of stuff that doesn't seem very impressive. But maybe Howard just needs the confidence to fly because he seems yeah. conscientious. He's detail oriented, mm-hmm. like in the party planning and like the, you know, making sure things are just right. And right. That kind of stuff. He's got an, he's got a knack for that. I don't know why we wouldn't. I mean, he's just been always, do- he's been always overshadowed by a much stronger mentor and father figures. So yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe it'll be, maybe he'll hire, uh, Jimmy McGill just for the name recognition. People, people will get <laughs> confused. Keep, there's a McGill, McGill in the, Mc, there's a McGill on staff. There yeah. always must be a McGill in Winterfell, or bad things happen. Uh, I, I yeah, I, I don't have much more to talk about. I guess. Okay. Yeah, that's uh, it. For we, the, we can this get to, to take. we can get to the uh, to the club exclusive instant talk function right now. All right, this is the point where the instant take podcast stops. Uh, if you are a club uh, bald move subscriber at club.baldmove.com you could actually join us in the instant talk portion of the podcast where you can log in and chat with us and send in your live feedback and comments and questions for consideration on the instant talk podcast again to partake of that you have to be a club member the only way to do that is go to club.baldmove.com and sign up today free 30-day trial